Welcome, families, to this very special unplugged edition of the Michigan Family Wellness Podcast. I just want to thank you guys for tuning in this week. Today, I actually sit down with my beloved, with my bride, and we just share our story in the context of our dating relationship with it being Valentine's Day, just to kind of give you guys more insight into getting to know us better and just sharing some of the things that we did, some of the things that we did not do uh, that eventually led to our pretty happy marriage. So we're actually going to get the discussion started here very soon. But as always, if there's anything you hear on this edition or anything you've heard on any previous editions of the Michigan Family Wellness Podcast, please email me at drkyle at michiganfamilywellness.com. Well, hey, welcome everyone to this special edition of the podcast. I am just uh, so excited to be able to bring this to you on Valentine's Day and not only that but just give you guys a little bit of insight into my relationship with uh, my beloved, my bride. Uh, Rachel is here with me. How's it going, babe? I'm okay. A little sick. Gotcha. Well, I just want to thank you so much uh, for taking some time to sit down and uh, provide this value for all of our listeners. And I just want to tell you how much I love you. Happy Valentine's Day. I love you too, honey. Awesome. All right, everyone. So we want this conversation to speak to the single, uh, the married, the man or woman, really in any situation in life. You know, culturally, there's a lot of brokenness out there. Um, and we really wanted just to share our experience, uh, the way that kind of we approach dating. And also, this is another caveat. This doesn't have to just apply to, you know, y- people on the younger end of the spectrum with regards to their age. This can apply to, you know, people who are uh, widowed, divorced, you know, there's all sorts of uh, situations and circumstances that we find ourselves in in life. And I want this to provide value to people, like I said, whether they're single, married, or in any situation in life. So again, culturally, there's a little bit of a problem when it comes to relationships. And again, the whole purpose of this is that the idea of relationships affect our health. And so that's why we wanted to just share a little bit about ourselves and, you know, demonstrate that, you know, to really have a healthy lifestyle, you have to have healthy relationships as well. And that can be some of the most difficult things to navigate uh, is that relational part of life. Would you agree? Yes, definitely. Um, I mean, I think you and I talk a lot about how our relationship affects you know, just how even we do our jobs, how we um, have our other friendships. You know, if you and I are doing well, it feels like all those other things just get easier. And when you and I are having a hard time, it definitely spills over. Absolutely. And I would further add, again, we're going to be specific to when we were dating. You know, we're not coming on here as a married couple and saying that we're, you know, this happily, perfectly married couple. And here's, you know, the five practical applications. Here are the six steps, you know, to uh, join happiness uh, in a marriage. What we're actually doing is we are looking back and we are saying, hey, these are some of the things we did. These are some of the things that we did not do. And this is why we found them to be effective. And, you know, that's how we approached a healthy dating atmosphere or an experience, if you will. So anything you want to add to that? Um, well, just I would in just, terms of context? Yeah. Well, I would just say, you know, our, our dating relationship started at a time that uh, was really unique for both of us. It was a lot of transition going on. So I, I grew up in Indiana, but I had spent two years working out in California. 
I had just moved um, back from California to go to grad school in Michigan when you and I met. And so, you know, it was my first time definitely living in the state. I was going to, uh, you know, a new program, a new school. I didn't know anybody. Um, I, mm-hmm. you know, I made all my friends uh, just through the school and through the church we attended. And, um, you know, it was just, it was just a lot. I only lived there for 12 months before I graduated and then moved uh, back to Indiana. So it was kind of a unique time. All my relationships were new at that point, you know, with everyone. Um, but it also was kind of a fun time. We got to know each other in a very specific context. But then, you know, over the years, we've done a lot of moves together and apart. And um, we've gotten to see just how that relationship works outside of uh, that context. So that's been really interesting for me. We're going to share a couple stories um, that actually happened. Why don't we go ahead and share how we first met, just because I love that. <laughs> um, you know, so like Rachel said, she had been living out in California, moved to uh, Michigan, where I was living at the time. And it was actually a bike ride that we first met each other on. It was pouring rain. You know, we did not talk very much, you know, if at all. And yeah, I, don't, I don't, yeah, I didn't know your name after that. Yeah. There was a whole group of people. I didn't know any of them. Mm-hmm. It was a fun ride, but it, it definitely wasn't, you know, the start of anything. For those major. of you who know <laughs> the uh, Dexter Cider Mill, we actually biked from Ann Arbor to the Dexter Cider Mill out on Huron River Drive out there, um, which is very beautiful, but not so much fun in the rain. <laughs> Um, but so from that, there was actually another bike ride the following weekend. And this is what, back in 2010. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, we did some more talking on that second bike ride and kind of made a connection there. And then, um, I always want to say like the rest is history, but (laughs) (laughs) there's been a lot more to it than that. So that's when I learned your name. Yes. (laughs) So really, I think one thing that can transition us into sort of the concepts and the, you know, things that we did in terms of our dating relationship is right after that second bike ride, at least speaking for me personally, I was very intentional about just pursuing you and being very interested in you, um, you know, in that romantic way, but just being, you know, something we're going to mention in terms of communication, you know. I wanted to be very intentional and be very clear with my communication uh, to let you know that, you know, I wanted to um, pursue this to see if this would be a good fit, you know, for the rest of our lives type thing. Yeah. Well, and from the other side, I was absolutely not interested in a relationship with anyone. That's right. So (laughs) tell them why. Yeah. Well, I, I, you know, when I was out in California, I had a, a pretty serious relationship, um, that ended abruptly and um, just was kind of painful. And it had been a good six months uh, since that had happened. But I kind of, I moved to Michigan with the idea of, I'm not going to stay here. You know, I don't know where I'm going to end up, but I'm only here to get my degree and to leave. And I know it'll only be 12 months. So, you know, as much as I'm happy to have friendships, I'm, I'm certainly not looking for anything beyond that. So, of course, you know, that's not at all how it turned out. Now I am back in Michigan um, pretty permanently. Yeah, to say that the walls, you know, were not up is uh, definitely, you know, wasn't the case. You know, Rachel had tons of just, you know, barriers to 
letting people get close to her. And so, well, no, I would argue it was romantic relationships, yeah, not in, other in relationships. Context. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. Very good point. Yep. So just being very guarded, you know, in that romantic uh, component for sure. Yeah. Uh, which actually brings us to our first point here, actually. You know, a lot of people, they do or they have the benefit of being friends for a long time, you know, before they start dating. And we're just saying with our experience, you know, it wasn't like that. You know, we weren't friends. We weren't like best friends or we hadn't been friends for a very long time before we jumped into that, you know, dating context. Yeah. And I would say, I mean, it can work both ways. It's mm-hmm. risky when you start to date a friend because you might lose your friend. Um, but then it's hard to date someone that you, you know, don't really know at all. Um, you know, it was really important to me that at the beginning of our relationship, you were so intentional about it and you were so straightforward because, you know, as we've stated, I was pretty cautious and I had no interest in casually trying things out with, you know, whoever seemed interesting or interested. And so, uh, you know, it took a little convincing with me, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, it was really the only approach that I could kind of hear. It had to kind of, kind of hit me hard. Right. <clears throat> and then, um, and then allow me some time to think about it and to know exactly where you were standing on things and then try to figure out kind of where I stood on things. Cause that, you know, I was trying to figure out for myself what I wanted and what was important to me and if it was even worth, you know, the risk. Right. Right. So, you know, going back to what you had said about, um, you know, being friends first and, you know, doing that whole thing, especially in the context when you have uh, mutual friends. Mm -hmm. I really hate this. You know, this is kind of just like a sidebar point. But (laughs) when two people have mutual friends and then there's the unfortunate situation where, you know, the couple does part ways or whatever, and then you know, all, all the friends go with one person or, well, you know, someone gets left out. I, mean, I just really, that, that, that doesn't, that doesn't have to happen though. Right. You know, going, going back to the situation in, yeah. in California, you know, we had a ton of mutual friends mm-hmm. and we were able to just, you know, they yeah. loved us both. They didn't have to choose between us. And so yeah. we were able to, to at least not affect those, mm-hmm. that side of things. So, you know, it just kind of depends on the group and how, how the group dynamics are. Which segues perfectly into our <laughs> next point. You know, balance between group settings and one-on-ones, uh, essentially having a community. And so I think the point here is just that we really tried to, I guess balance is the best word. You know, it's not like we wanted to isolate ourselves from our other friends because I wanted to see how you reacted in Mm -hmm. group settings. And I'm sure you wanted to see the same for me. Mm -hmm. And um, I just think there's a lot of wisdom and insight that you can gain into someone by seeing how they react in, you know, several different environments, you know. Um, And I think you you see a lot of that in the group setting. Yeah. Well, and and I know that even though I was new, and so most of the people that you and I were spending time with were new to me also, I did identify a couple people 
that I felt were, you know, a couple women that I just felt were very trustworthy mm-hmm. and that knew you fairly well. And I did actually ask them, <laughs> Yeah. Um, you know, kind of got some feedback from them about who you were because they'd seen you, you know, in a, a longer term setting. And I mean, that, it was all very positive. And that just kind of let me know, you know, what I'm seeing isn't necessarily a, a show that's put on for me, but it's, you know, it's more of who you are. Um, and then, you know, as we, when we moved, when you moved to St. Louis right. um, in August of 2011, and I moved to Indianapolis to work, um, you know, that put us in different circles pretty dramatically. It did, um, yeah. And, you know, then a lot of our time together wasn't with other people. It made it a little more difficult. But, uh, you know, we were still trying in ways, whether with family or just in visiting each other, to try to still get some of those things. Mm-hmm. It, even try to... I mean, we were pretty serious at that time and even engaged for nine of those months yeah. of that year. But just trying to see, like, how how will this work? Because we know, you know, we knew I would move down to St. Louis to be with you to to so that you could finish chiropractic school. And so I knew, you know, marrying you means uprooting again, going right. to St. Louis, mm-hmm. maybe staying there, maybe going yeah. back to Michigan, maybe going somewhere else. But, you know, part of marriage is you're, you're agreeing – that you and the other person are now making all of those decisions together. Right. And, uh, you know, prior to that, well, when I graduated college, I decided to move to California. So I just mm-hmm. did it. And then yeah. I decided to go to grad school in Michigan. So I just did it. Yeah. And there was, you know, I always considered my family and my friends, but I didn't have to look at that other person who was going to come along with me because ultimately I was making the choice and living with it. And now, all the choices we make directly impact each other and we have to consider, you know, if if we want to move, it's not just you moving. It's, mm-hmm. you know, you and your spouse. And if you have any children, it's them also. And so, you know, it gets more complicated. And that's what you start to get into as the relationship uh, gets more serious is realizing I don't just make decisions now. I, I have to consider you. And, and that can be tricky. Mm-hmm. Some Sometimes a little frustrating. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So if we're advocating spending time in, in group settings, in community, you know, not just having that isolated one-on-one time, you know, would be a good thing. If that's on one end of the spectrum, something that we kind of enjoy as like our, uh, I don't want to call it like a guilty pleasure or whatever, <laughs> is just kind of laughing at the other end of that spectrum. And I just, uh, you know, want to share with our listeners, you know, yes, we watch The Bachelor. You know, we watch <laughs> The Bachelorette. Uh, we, we think it's hilarious. We do not take it seriously at all. Um, but it's just very interesting that our culture, you know, that this is a thing. Like, this is a show. Like, in what other context do you have one man dating another 20 or 30 women, you know, or or, or, or vice versa? Other, yeah. yeah or, or the other way around. And, like, everyone's okay with it. I mean... <laughs> There is no other woman that I know who would be okay, you know, with seriously dating a guy. Well, you know. yeah. And then, I mean, I, I think even further to that, you say, like, what context are you dating this person in? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're living in a mansion with a bunch of other people who you're competing with, which in its, of itself is a little odd. But, I mean, they, and they kind of become your best friends throughout the process. And mm-hmm. then... um you know, you, then you no, end up. Rachel, it's, it's not a process. I know it's, it's a, a journey. journey. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, then you're flying all over the world, and these dates that they go on. You know, it's like, oh, I'm falling in love with you 
on the beach of a tropical island, you know, far away. Well, that's wonderful and all, but I mean, are you going to love that person in the right. normal context? Or yeah. are you going to, you don't even know who their friends are. You mm-hmm. don't even know what their family's like. You get an hour or two of time if you get right. that high to see their family. But it's just, it's not real life. You're not working your job. But it's yet. reality TV, yeah, Rachel. Right. It's uh-huh. It's got to be real life. It's reality yeah. TV. And just as a side, when the girls or guys, depending on the episode, that uh, we really think seem like quality people, anytime they get sent home, we cheer for them because we think, mm-hmm. now you're off that craziness. And, right. And maybe you can find a good relationship. Yep. So. <laughs> for sure. Again, going back to the community thing, another component of that is just the accountability. And kind of in the same way that you had gone to a couple other women that knew me, you know, just in the friend context and, you know, kind of asked about me in a similar, but maybe not exactly the same way. I had a group of guys that actually, you know, I consulted with and said, you know, hey, this is how I'm approaching um, this relationship with this woman. What do you guys think about this? You know, Mm -hmm. do you think that this lines up with my character, my integrity, who I am? And just to have that accountability, those checks and feedbacks on my actions, Mm -hmm. you know, it's something that I appreciated. And then I think I would even say you appreciated that when you had learned about it. Yeah. Well, and and I got to know those guys, too. And I I trusted them. Mm -hmm. I knew that, you know, you could really share whatever you needed to share with them and that they weren't going to go around and talk to other people or... Um, you know, say anything outside, you know, that, that we wouldn't want to be shared. And, you know, they're some of our best friends now and their mm-hmm. wives are some of our best friends. And yep. now we're scattered all over the country um, and we don't get to see each other very frequently, but they still remain, you know, just some really solid people that we love having in our lives. And, um, you know, I appreciated that because I knew that you had people kind of balancing you out. And I had some women, you know, that I was going to also, not as regularly, but, um, you know, other people just to kind of help me sort through my thoughts and balance me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we continue to do that in our marriage. We continue to have some people that we trust true, yeah. that kind of mentor us or, you know, you can't go to your spouse with everything that's on your mind because mm-hmm. sometimes the thoughts in your head are not so helpful. Right. And um, it can help to have a very trusted, wise person to turn to and say, these are all the thoughts that I'm thinking and all my frustrations, and to have that person just lovingly say, yeah, and you know you're wrong. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and kind of help you sort through and calm down so that then when you do talk to your spouse, you're not in that emotional state. Um, now, we have plenty of those conversations in the emotional state, and sometimes they're not beneficial and sometimes they are. Um, but we love and trust each other enough to know that if we happen to say something, you know, that we really look back on and we say that that wasn't called for. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. but that's okay. You know, yeah. that Absolutely. We're, we're human and, and we can we can uh, recover from that. Yeah, that's been a, a major point, you know, like you said, throughout our dating experience and then, you know, crossing over again into our marriage. But yeah, going back to our timeline here, you know, so we started together, you know, in Southeast Michigan. And like you said, then we moved apart. So I guess just to reiterate, you know, we actually never lived together, you know, like in the same physical house or, um, you know, while we were dating, you know, mm-hmm. we, that was just a conviction we had. We were together, like proximity wise in Michigan. 
And then we were long distance when I was living in St. Louis, going to chiropractic college. And then Rachel had found a job in uh, Indianapolis. So then we're doing the whole like, you know, Skype calls and video calls. And then the it, the, the dynamic changed uh, completely. Yeah. So, well, you know, yeah, go ahead. Well, I mean, one thing I would say that, you know, no matter where we were uh, living in what city, we both were, um, we both had decided, you know, we're not going to have sex before marriage mm-hmm. just because of our spiritual views, you know, wondering, wanting to honor God, wanting to honor each other. And then just our belief that that is the healthiest thing for a relationship. Um, but, you know, aside from that, we had gone from living five minutes away from each other, which happened to be a complete coincidence. Just the, the housing that I had found was just, I mean, right down the road from Kyle's family home. Mm-hmm. And so that was, that was a great thing. You know, it was mm-hmm. very, very convenient when we were dating. But then we moved and we were five hours apart. Um, but, you know, I, I had intentionally not moved to St. Louis when I graduated, even though I was fairly certain that I would want to marry you and that because you were going to be in St. Louis for three and a half years that I would end up there. Um, but I just thought, you know, I had just completed this degree. My career was changing. You were just starting, you know, your chiropractic degree and that I wanted us to both be able to kind of establish ourselves in that without feeling like we were constantly with, with each other, constantly doing it together. And, I, you know, part of that is just my independent streak of I, I need to just mm-hmm. go do my own thing and make right. sure that I'm never dating you because I feel like I should because I moved here. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I'm really glad we did it that way because you, know, you were so busy with mm-hmm. school. You had so much going on, especially mm-hmm. that first year. And I think it was helpful that I wasn't expecting you yeah. to be nearly as, as attentive as when uh, we had been living five minutes away and our schedules were completely different and um, we, we, we both had a little bit more free time. So Yeah, I think that, that goes along great with just one of your notes, you know, happy mm-hmm. singles make happy couples. Yeah. You know? Let's just talk about that for a second. I mean, we had kind of this foundation living together in Michigan and then taking that uh, foundation with us when we were separated, mm-hmm. you know, was very helpful, I think. But then we were still also doing our own things, yeah. you know. So it's not like our identity was wrapped up in this relationship. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, y- you see that a lot with yeah. people. They really put um, their identity, you know, who they are, their self-worth into whatever it is, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's a relationship or a job mm-hmm. or, you know, a material possession, mm-hmm. you know, or maybe even just a life stage, you know, becoming pregnant. You know, there's all these mm-hmm. things that, you know, and this is kind of our point. It's like having this groundedness, this foundation of knowing who you are and, you know, being content, joyful and happy with, uh, you know, in your singleness is going to ultimately create that and cultivate that wonderful marriage that can come about naturally. Yeah, and I think that's true of just any any relationship, whether it's a family member, a friend, a romantic relationship. You know, if you need that other person, you need to lean on them and they need to lean on you. And one of you falls, you both fall. Um, but if you're able, you know, just as an analogy to kind of stand facing each other, you know, intimate and close, but also knowing that, you know, if one of you is just having a really hard time, the other person can be supportive, but doesn't 
rely on you to be their support and that vice versa. So I'm not saying that, you know, we don't support each other in our marriage. We absolutely do. And it's important. But at the same time, um, you know, when one of us is just more stressed out, more tired or sick or something like that, the other person has the capacity to say, okay, I'll help you out right now. But if I need support, I also have other things I can go to because you're not as much in a place to support me. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, whether that's other people, other just, you know, healthy lifestyle things that we do. Um, and that's really important because, you know, we have bad days, we have bad weeks, we have, you know, sometimes bad months or bad years. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times it can be, well, I need you and I need you to be this. Well, you know, one person in that relationship is not always going to be what the other person needs. And so when you get to the commitment level of marriage, you have to understand that sometimes your spouse will not be what you need um, or what you want in that moment because they're a person too. And, you know, in a healthy relationship, you're always working back towards it, but it can't be absolutely vital or you will quickly reach the point where you say, this just isn't working any before anymore, you know you're not who I need. And mm -hmm. well, you know, our view of marriage is that that's not the ultimate goal of marriage is to be with that person that you need and they need mm -hmm. you, but is, is beyond that. It's a being with a person who together you guys are, are more together than you were apart. Um, but there are ups and downs. Actually, in that. something we say on the podcast. Oh, okay, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> not in the same, not in the same context. Yes, different, but, different context. You know, but it's true, you know, that we yes, we can do far we more. We can do far more together <laughs> than we could ever do apart. And everyone, Rachel listens to every single second yeah, of all right? of the podcasts because, because I'm a really supportive wife. <laughs> yes, because she is a supportive wife. She has listened to every single, and I'm joking, she hasn't. So yeah. <laughs> That's not how I support I you. I still love you. I love you, too. <laughs> Speaking of which, you want yes. to tell the... Yes. Um, well, just thank you for all of that. <laughs> uh, you know, rewind, re-listen to that uh, because there was a lot of insight in everything you just said. <laughs> so thank you for that. But kind of going into our next story, um, how long had we been dating? Um, uh, before. I think we were engaged for nine months. We dated yeah. for a year. Well, and I would say what probably around mm, eight months within the dating. No, well relationship. we okay, so we started dating. No, yeah, no, you're right because it was February, wasn't it? <laughs> no, it was. I don't, I don't know, but we started dating in, in October, October of yeah. 2010. Yes, and we got married August of 2012. Right, and we got engaged thanksgiving of yeah but i had 2011 the whole i love you thing that well, yeah. happened like only a couple months so afterwards we, we only dated a, a little bit over a year before we were engaged right yeah so yeah the Anyways. i love you you were you were too you were eager yes the whole point was i was just captivated by this beautiful woman <laughs> and i was just completely stricken um <laughs> I just loved her and adored her so much that <laughs> I had to verbally make this confession and tell her that I loved her, right? Yeah. Um, so I can remember it at, like it was yesterday. You know, <laughs> we're on um, the front porch, you know, right outside your house. Mm -hmm. And I had just told you that I loved you. Mm -hmm. And I was expecting to hear, you know, I love you back. <laughs> but why don't you tell them what really happened? Um. Well, I mean... I kind of knew what was coming. I, I certainly wasn't surprised. Um, I knew that I wasn't 
ready to say that back. I certainly felt love for you, but I, you know, as we mm-hmm. stated, I was being, you know, more cautious and, and we hadn't been together a terribly long time. Um, so as much as I believed you were sincere, I wasn't really in the exact same place as you. So, you know, I, I didn't know quite what to say because I wasn't, I knew I wasn't going to reciprocate, but I didn't want to give some speech about, you know, why I wasn't reciprocating. So I just apparently used the line from Han Solo in Star Wars and said, I know. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I wasn't expecting that, but it was, it was hilarious actually. Well, and I didn't realize, I mean, you know, you tease, you tease me about it for quite a while. And then one time you sent me that clip from Star Wars and I, I love the Star Wars movies, the the originals, and I love Han Solo. And so just seeing, you know, Han Solo and Leia as Han Solo is about to be frozen, you know, and possibly die. And Leia yells out, I love you. And he just says, I know. And then, you know, gets frozen. Yeah. I was like, oh, my gosh, maybe that's where that came from. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks so much, babe. I'm glad that, you know, we're both able to confess and profess our love for each <laughs> yes. other now. Yeah, it's not hard um, now. <laughs> yeah. So thank you so much just for... Uh, talking this out uh, together. I really appreciate it. I want to wish you a happy Valentine's Mm -hmm. Day. I want to wish everyone listening a happy (laughs) Valentine's Day. And again, the whole purpose of this, families, the whole purpose for everyone listening is just to give you an insight, to share our story, to share our experience, not to come across as experts, you know, with the, you know, six or seven steps, you know, for an amazing relationship or a great marriage, but just to kind of show you, these are some of the things that we did. These are some of the things that we did not do. And I would say we're pretty happy together. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I certainly enjoy being your husband. I like to refer to myself as a warrior husband, just to kind of uh, emphasize the intentionality I take into um, being your husband. You are very intentional and intense. Yes. So again, thank you guys. Have a great Valentine's Day and have an awesome week.